0: When that happened, I told my husband, I said, I'm not comfortable uh, doing any type of disciplining. I can definitely just let natural consequences happen, but I will not be disciplining, period dot. Right. And at first, he was mad. I mean, he was mad.
1: You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step-family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims.
2: I don't know how to start these since you won't let me go. David, oh, wait a minute. You don't not let me do anything. You asked me, well, you didn't even ask. (laughs)
3: Yeah, what am I doing? What are
2: you doing? I don't know. Hey, David. Hey. See, that works so much better.
3: Whatever. How are you doing? Doing as good as a Pontius wood piece of furniture. (laughs) I don't want to talk about the Pontius wood. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the, let's talk about you ordered a piece of furniture that. It says Pontius solid wood coffee table with storage. Right. So we're trying to figure out maybe, maybe listener land out there can help us. Nacho Nation. (laughs) So, we're trying to figure out what is Pontius Wood or Pontius Wood or however you pronounce it. P-O-N-T-I-U-S. So, is it a type of wood, which Google says it's nothing. Um, is it a brand of something? Uh, we just we can't figure it out. Because if you type the word in, it'll bring up furniture,
2: but it mm. may also bring up a pillow.
3: Yeah. A, a rug. A rug. A throw. A fire pit. <laughs> Well, maybe it's a style. That could be it. It's a style of something. Okay. Then there's your answer, David. Good job. No, it's not my answer. I
2: don't know what it is. Neither does Google, which is scary. And I'm sitting here going, how am I supposed to find out if Google doesn't know? I'm on page six of Google. Dude, there's a
3: page six?
2: (laughs) (laughs) On Pontius or Pontius Wood, whatever it is.
3: I don't think people tend to click past the first page of Google. No, they don't. You went deep. I did. Six pages.
2: I was wow. determined. Oh, gosh. So, needless to say, we got a new coffee table.
3: Yeah. And then you you walk over there today thinking there's a piece of mud or something from the dog shaking on it. And, and a and piece you, of wood chips off. And you rub it and a piece of, of whatever chips off. And then we're both looking at each other like, I thought this was real wood.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of a um, furniture diva. Is that the right word? Yeah. Because my mom worked in a furniture store for years, so I don't buy cheap furniture. Or let me rephrase that. I don't buy poorly made furniture. Right. Real wood, metal on metal sliders on the drawers or wood on wood, they need to be the same because they expand at different rates.
3: Yeah. So anyway, I obviously don't buy the furniture because I don't want to hear the, you bought the wrong thing exactly <laughs> so uh, so the funny thing
2: is I'm sitting in the floor looking at this spot and my son says what are you doing I said trying to figure out what Pontius Wood is <laughs> but then he acts like he knows what Pontius Wood is
3: well he figures if you don't then he can say whatever he wants to you're not going to know different
2: but that's no different than my mama lying to me all the time when I was growing up when I had a question because she did not have Google to back up
3: her information
2: she just lied did she yes she just made up crap
3: but you believed it, yeah. So does it hurt you more that that it was a lie, or would it hurt you more to not know anything?
2: Hurt me more that it was a lie.
3: Yeah, because I was funny. deceived. It's funny because there's been some things over the course of our marriage where <laughs> 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 my mama you'll say something, and I'm like that ain't true. And my mama said it was, and I and then you'll go look look it up, and you're like, oh my god, she lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, okay. <laughs> Like you're 40 something years old and you just discovered (laughs) your mom lied to you about either my
2: ADD kicked in when I would read Humpty Dumpty or my mom revised the book because my entire life up until (laughs) I was probably 25 or so, I thought all the king's horses and all the king's men put Humpty Dumpty back together again, but they didn't. What did they do? I don't know. They left him there, let him rot like a busted Hey. I,
3: I think it's all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again.
2: Right. That's what I'm saying. She said
3: they put him back together again. Oh, see, she was just promoting teamwork and success. Um,
2: <laughs> that's what she's doing. But I remember reading the book. She must have marked out something
3: because. You remember reading it?
2: Yeah. I remember the picture. He's sitting on a brick wall. Yeah. And there's like these little people around him. Uh-huh. And he's all put together.
3: Exactly. With, with all the cracks in him, right? I don't remember him having cracks. All right. So let's see. Yeah. I'm looking it up. Humpty couldn't put Humpty together again. No. She must have marked out the N-T. Could not.
2: it to say could not?
3: It says couldn't.
2: She must have marked out the N apostrophe T then.
3: Oh, interesting.
2: Or she marked out the whole couldn't because I remember specifically... All the king's horses and all the king's men put Humpty Dumpty back together again.
3: That's nice of your mom that she removed negative words from your vocabulary, like couldn't.
2: Yeah. You
3: go, mama. See, she's an awesome liar. <laughs> 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 okay. That brings up an interesting topic. Oh, Lord. So I'm doing a little study the other day on the paradox of knowledge. I just thought it was interesting because, you know, I'm all about studying that kind of stuff. But The paradox of knowledge being that, you know, if I boil it down to just kind of my terminology, it would be, are you better off knowing or not knowing? And there are certain cases in people's lives where they have been better off not knowing certain things. And I'm not saying that you, you know, keep secrets from people. What I'm saying is, were you better off not knowing, for example, that someone treated you a certain way because they didn't like you versus maybe you thought they were just having a bad day? Okay. And so,
2: so you think you're around this person and they're kind of snotty and you think to yourself, oh, they're having a bad day when reality is they don't like you, so you don't know
3: that. You don't know that. Right. Yeah, And so, and let's just say that's not somebody you're like talking to every day or running into every day. It's just one, you know, maybe a one-time occasion. So you carry on the rest of your life thinking that person had a bad day. You don't know none the wiser. Had you known the person just didn't like you, you might've had had a very adverse reaction to it. And I don't like them either. And you know what I'm saying? I want the truth. I'm not saying you shouldn't have the truth. I'm saying that's the paradox of knowledge. Not truth, knowledge. And so sometimes it's better to have the knowledge that's there. And sometimes it's not. And there are times it helps you both ways. And and that's what I'm saying is interesting. I see you're looking off into space and that's just it. It's the paradox of it. That's why it makes you go, hmm. But the example I gave in the in the thing I was listening to was there was a, a girl, a young girl, and she was African-American. And she had, and this had been years ago, but she had these, she play sports and the coach was not allowing her to play and saying things to her that were discriminatory. But she didn't realize that at the time. She was just a young girl, wanted to play basketball. She didn't realize that the reason she didn't get to play was because of that. And it fueled her to keep getting better and better at basketball because she thought it was that she didn't have enough skill. So she ended up actually going into the WNBA. She was so good at basketball. And now years later, she looks back on it and she realizes that she wasn't allowed to play as a kid because of somebody else's discrimination toward her. And had she actually known at the time that's what it was, then she very well could have said, I don't want to play basketball anymore. You know, I don't like the coach, you know, forget all this stuff about basketball. And it would have completely changed the whole trajectory of her life. So the paradox of knowledge, sometimes it's good to know, sometimes it's good not to know, because how you handle that could drastically determine what happens next.
2: Well, maybe I'm just nosy because I want to (laughs) know.
3: But it's interesting. It's interesting to really think about it, especially in in the context of stepmoms, because here's what happens sometimes. Stepmoms will hear, for example, they'll hear their significant other talking to the ex on the phone, and you have to ask yourself, is it a good idea that I know what's going on and what they're talking about because it's likely to make me mad and upset, or is it best not to know? And just carry on your merry way, knowing that your significant other will handle whatever it is in whatever way he or she sees fit.
2: And see, I look at it a little differently because it's not that I don't want to know or it's not that I want to know. It's just irrelevant.
3: Mm -hmm. You're skipping to the part of, do I want to know or not want to know? What I'm just simply saying is, does the knowledge that you have about the situation, it affects you one way. The fact that you have no knowledge of the situation affects you a completely different way. And so often people say knowledge is power. Yeah, like schoolhouse rock. Yeah, knowledge is power. The paradox of it is oftentimes not having the knowledge of it is actually more powerful. Okay. So anyway, interesting for you listeners to think about because, you know, sometimes as they say, ignorance is not only bliss, but it can be powerful.
2: (laughs) They say ignorance is powerful? I'm saying it. Oh, Lord. you know it's not true then.
3: I'm not saying people are ignorant. For the sake of being ignorant, I'm just saying sometimes deciding that you don't want to know can often be freeing. Okay. Well, here's a perfect example. I'm gonna keep because you're looking at me crazy.
2: I'm thinking, I'm thinking.
3: When when I would have conversations with my ex early on, and you would want to know about the conversation, either whether you were sitting there listening or afterwards, you would say, What did y'all talk about? If the conversation was something that upset you. Because, you know, she would say something and it would make you angry or whatever. Then we started getting into a heated discussion about it because sometimes it was, well, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> and then you and I end up either angry, sometimes at each other, or sometimes not, sometimes just at the situation. But when you didn't listen to the conversation and you didn't ask about it and I didn't see a need to tell you about it, then both of us just went on our day. And we didn't have to discuss it. We didn't have to have an argument about it. We didn't have any aggravation to stew over. So just think about it.
2: Okay. I'm going to think on that. It'll take me a while. So let's just talk about our guest today. Okay. Who's the guest today? Our guest today is stepmom, Kayla.
3: Hey, Kayla.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She's been blending for three years. Has stepdaughter seven, stepson four. They have them 50-50. She has bio son 10, bio daughter 7, and an hour son 1. Mm. Her bio son 10 stays with his dad, and her bio daughter's dad is in active duty, so he doesn't have like a regular schedule with her. Okay. She grew up in a blended family herself.
3: And she knew what she was getting into.
2: And her dad was kind of pushed out of the picture.
3: Oh, that's interesting. I
2: asked her if she had any stepdads, and she said, yeah, a couple of them.
3: (laughs) Well, as long as she did not say she's got a couple of real dads.
2: Yeah. She does refer to her stepkids as her bonus kids.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I disagree with that statement, but it works for some people. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You know, it doesn't make it wrong just because I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Only in this house.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's funny with all the kids, we were talking about how I used to count the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd be like one, two, three, four, five. Uh... Did we bring yeah, we, anybody else? I
3: know we'd have to remember that time when we were leaving, and like I was pulling out a driveway, and we were counting as we were kind of backing the car up, and we were missing, <laughs> a we kid. were missing somebody. <laughs> Mason, they were, they were still in the house. I was like, oh my god!
2: So we didn't know if he went down to momma's. We didn't know if he was in the house. I mean, it was a whole production to find this kid. But now, gr- y'all, he wasn't a baby. He was like twelve. <laughs> he wasn't neglected, <laughs> but. She just says that her kids love ducks, <laughs> so she does a duck line,
4: and, Oh yeah,
2: and they quack.
3: I do they? <laughs> That'd be cute.
2: I said, does your older kids not look at it as, I am not quacking? Like,
3: <laughs> quack no. me up. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> like, no, we all enjoy it. So that's great.
3: Yeah. Well, it's one of those things that they'll always remember, though. Mm-hmm. I know there are some things I deal with the kids, and they they'll never forget it.
2: There's some things I did with your kids. they will never forget too.
3: <laughs> I used to take them to school every morning or or when I took them to school. And I'd always act like, you know, we were flying some kind of military plane and they had to dive out. <laughs> so we'd come to the school and we'd get to the, to you know, close to the part where I had to drop them off at. And I would act like, I'm on some kind of PA system and I'm like, prepare for rapid deployment. The LZ's hot. <laughs> we're doing a halo jump, 50,000 feet. <laughs> Whatever, and it's so funny because when the doors of the van would swing open, they would like literally jump out like they're parachuting. And so, all these other parents and teachers are looking like, Wow, they're so excited to be here! Yeah, (laughs) they're jumping out of this van. You had five kids tripping over each other to get out. (laughs) I know, (laughs) yep, and uh, it's funny. And then every morning, you know, we always had to make sure they had two things for when they got in the car well, book book bags and and lunch boxes. I thought you were going to say coats and. Belts. No. So every morning I'd always sing this little song about book bags and lunch boxes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I do remember the jackets and the belts were such an issue. I can't find my belt. I can't (laughs) find my jacket. Somebody (laughs) intentionally took my jacket.
3: Especially when everybody's wearing, you know, the same kind of jacket. Yeah, because they could only wear a certain color. Yeah.
2: And I, when I went to the school to find one of Jackson's mini jackets that had gotten lost <laughs> and I went to the lost and found, I found like 10 of yours and my kids' coats. It was like, oh, there they are. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I liked about what Kayla said is she puts herself in timeout.
3: I would enjoy putting myself in timeout these
2: days. I do. <laughs> when I say I'm going to chill. Yeah. That's
3: my time. Isn't out. it funny though? Because like you're a kid, it's like, go to your room. You're like, no. And then you get to be, uh, get to be an adult. It's like go to your room.
2: Yes. <laughs> or when you were little, go. T- we're going to take a nap. No, no nap, mommy. Yeah. Get my agents. Like you say, nap. You've been
3: doing that for a long time.
2: Ever since I had Jackson.
3: <laughs> yep. My sweet baby, I love taking naps with you. Just- you used to say, I got to keep him on the same nap time. I'm like, you just trying to keep yourself on the same no, nap No, I'm telling y'all, <laughs> I think I've said this before. I was a stickler for keeping
2: Jackson on schedule with, you know, his naps, his feeding, everything. Because I was not going to be the mama in Walmart with my kids screaming.
3: You did that one time. We were still dating. That was almost the end of our marriage before it even started.
2: Mm-hmm, because I told you my baby needed a nap. And I said, I'll drive separately. No.
3: No. See, y'all, I was influenced. And you know why I said no? Because I was trying to force the blend before it even happened. That's right. (laughs) We'll all drive together like one big happy family.
2: And it went good down there.
3: But on the way back, he was tired. Oh, it wasn't on the way back. It was while we were there.
2: No, it was after we left. We were going to McDonald's.
3: Oh, Maybe that was a different time. Which time was it whenever we went? Adventure Museum. He ran away from you and was hiding behind stuff, and you were threatening to kill him. (laughs) I
2: don't know. I don't remember.
3: I don't remember it's the same one or not, but he was off the chain.
2: But it's because he didn't have a nap.
3: No. I knew my baby. It wasn't because he didn't have a nap. It is it David. Because
2: he was a hellion. Quit arguing with me. <laughs> All right, y'all. So let's just get to listening to Kayla because I need to go find my Nerf gun and shoot David.
3: <laughs> All right. But first a word about the Nacho Kids Academy, where you can learn how to deal with people just like me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit Nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step-parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's Nachokidsacademy.com.
2: Today we have stepmom Kayla. Hey Kayla, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you doing today?
2: Good. So tell us a little bit about your blend.
0: Uh, We've been blending about three years now and we have five kids between the two of us and we have ages ranging from 10 years old to one year old. So it gets exciting.
2: Wow. That's quite a bit of age difference there. Yeah. All right. So how old are your stepkids?
0: So my stepdaughter is seven, and my stepson is four. He's going to be five in December.
2: A Christmas baby.
0: Yes, yes, he gets extra spoiled that time of year. Let's
2: well, see, my birthday's in December, and it kind of sucks.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, I could see how that would be a thing.
2: Everybody will go, "Oh, here's your birthday and Christmas present."
0: Yeah, <laughs> we're just going to two in one. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: like, whoa, that's not fair. So I've decided that I'm going to move my birthday.
0: Uh, you know what, do it.
2: I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to be a June baby.
0: I'm I'm a July baby, so I definitely second that. I mean, you get to have pool parties.
2: Yeah, because you can't do anything in the winter time.
0: No, I mean you can build snowmen.
2: That's true, but not where I live. It rarely snows. Oh yeah, we live in South Carolina. If it snows here, everything shuts down, and I'm talking one inch of snow for real. Yes, it's crazy. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We don't get much snow, but so how about your bio kids?
0: My oldest, he's 10, and then I have a seven-year-old little girl, and then we have an RS baby, and he's one.
2: And how often do you have your stepkids?
0: So my husband's schedule is a week on, week off.
2: Okay, and what about your bio kids?
0: Uh, full time.
2: They don't see their other by a parent.
0: My son, uh, he stays with his dad, primarily my oldest, because that's what he that's what he has chosen to do. And I'm totally going to respect that my daughter, her dad is active duty. So he comes down as much as he can. Okay, But his work schedule is really challenging. So at every opportunity that you know, he's able to get leave, he'll either come down here and stay with us or I'll take her up there to where he is. Because I think that relationship is so important. So
2: Yeah. How far away does your bio son's father live from you? 30 minutes. Okay. How often do you get to see him?
0: So we FaceTime pretty much like every day. And then with school right now on the weekends, if you want to come down, I'll go get him or his dad will bring him. But he's a preteen. So, you know, parents aren't exactly the coolest people. Mm When you're that age, so.
2: So you're pretty flexible with that. You don't make him come if he doesn't want to and all that.
0: No, no. I mean, it's his time. It's not my time. I don't know if that makes sense.
2: It does, but I know a lot of step parents, and I'm sure you've seen it in step family groups, where the kid is forced to go. It's okay, the court order says you're going to go, so you're going to go.
0: And I, I think that that definitely depends on the type of relationship that the co-parents have, mm-hmm. um, because in tense situations, you absolutely, for the sake of, you know, your sanity, um, you need to stick to that court order. But if you and your co-parent get along, um, then I definitely think that there's room for play. Flexibility and the child's needs do need to be taken into account.
2: I guess you have a good co-parenting relationship, it sounds like, with both of your kids' parents.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we... uh I grew up in a, a blended family as well. Okay. And so I was the child in a high-conflict situation. So for me, when I became an adult, I determined that for my kids just because, you know, I wasn't with their father anymore, that doesn't mean that that father is, like, invalid. He's not the kid's ex. He's my ex. Mm-hmm. And so we should work Work together and get past, you know, whatever happened, um, because the kids are the only ones who are going to suffer if we can't grow up and act like adults, right? So, how old were you when
2: your parents split up? Like three, and were you forced to go back and forth?
0: No, my dad was pushed out of the picture. Oh. This was, you know, twenty twenty five years ago, not to date myself. <laughs> um, and the courts were a very different place than they are now. Now, fathers do have, I mean, a fighting chance if they're if they're willing to pay for it. Fathers do have a fighting chance. And back then, dads weren't given the same opportunity for parental rights. Mm-hmm. My dad was pushed away and I respect his decision to walk away because we are d- my husband and I sometimes deal with high conflict situations. And I can understand how for your sanity, you might just need to be like, okay, you know what? That's your decision. Let the kids know I love them and I'll I'll wait until they're bigger.
2: So what's your relationship like with your dad now?
0: We talk occasionally. I mean, my husband and together. We have five kids, distance learning. So I'm lucky if I get to talk to him like once a week. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just because our schedules are crazy and he's working a lot. Um, But previous to that, we were speaking pretty frequently.
2: Okay, so y'all have got a good relationship and you do understand why he didn't push to basically make your mom send you for visitation and things like that.
0: Oh, yeah. I I definitely understand.
2: So did you have a stepdad?
0: I've had a couple of stepdads.
2: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So So what was your relationship like with your couple of stepdads?
0: So my first stepdad, awesome. Him and I still speak pretty frequently. And then when that relationship was ended, me and my siblings, I'm the oldest of like eight.
2: Holy moly.
0: Yeah. We were pushed away from um, stepdad.
2: Imagine that.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And as we got older, obviously, we saw what was going on and um, we're still pretty close to him. And then my current stepdad we're all pretty close to and you know we we love a whole lot
2: okay you're the oldest of eight Yeah. Do you all have the same?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, I have one full sibling, I guess, is what you would call it. Uh Then I have, hold on, I got to use my fingers for this. (laughs) Or, Jesus, that's a lot. Or three. Yeah. Three half siblings that I share Hold on. I'm going to have to say their names so I can count them. Okay. Okay. So I have five siblings that um, I share a mom with. And then I have two other siblings on my dad's side that I share a dad with. And then I have two other siblings that my most recent stepdad brought into the picture. Okay. Yeah. So.
2: Wow. (laughs) Okay. So what's your relationship like with your mom, knowing that basically when she's through with her husband, that she doesn't want you to have a relationship with him, whether it's your dad or your stepdad?
0: It presented a lot of uh, challenges when I was younger, especially when I was like a kid, because, you know, you, you need or you want as a child, or at least I did, that male figure. Mm-hmm. And when I became an adult, um, I noticed that I was having some issues in my relationship with her. And I went to therapy for five years, uh, like twice a week to try to, to try to figure out if it was like my issue, if it was her issue or what what was going on because I didn't know how to create that healthy family relationship Um, because I was definitely resentful of the fact that I wasn't allowed to have a dad. I mean, it, it messes with you. Yeah. So as I became you know, an adult and I had my son when I was 19, um, obviously his dad and I didn't work out, but it was so important to me that I encourage him to have that relationship, right? Because a child should be able to love both their mom and their dad, and they should be encouraged to love mm-hmm. both their mom and their dad, and a child shouldn't be shamed for that. And so that's something that I have continued to push with my son, my daughter, and with my bonus kids, because it's... So important that there is an adult who's saying, It's okay if you love everybody because you shouldn't have to choose. You're a child. That's not your job to choose. It's your job to play and learn. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. So Yeah.
2: So you refer to them as your bonus kids.
0: Yeah. So they're, they're my bonuses.
2: They're your bonuses. No, do they call you their bonus mom?
0: So the the title in the beginning. Um, caused a little bit of friction. Um, I told the children and my husband told the children that they're free to call me whatever they want as long as it's respectful. Yeah,
2: (laughs) I'm glad you added that little (laughs) bit in there.
0: (laughs) So um, I get called everything from mom, mommy Kayla, Kayla or babe, Babe. babe is by my yeah my uh four year old stepson has a he's neurodivergent um and so sometimes concepts and things I mean take him a little bit longer to grasp and he heard his dad call me babe all the time and so now that's that's what he calls me
2: oh that's so cute
0: <laughs> yeah be <laughs> like hey babe <laughs> yeah, and, I'm, and then I tell him I'm like what babe. And, you know,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I bet if you're out in public and he goes, hey, babe, people are like, what?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I just uh, I'm pretty good at ignoring like when people are looking at us. I mean, when we go out and we have all the kids with us, we get looks like it's a rare to have families that big anymore. Oh, yeah. So
2: (laughs) I remember when we would have the kids, you know, piling out of the car. It's like people would be like, oh, my gosh, how many more are there? (laughs)
0: right Mm -hmm. you're like wait let me open the trunk I'm sure there's a few more in there
2: (laughs) (laughs) and you walk around counting
0: (laughs) yes yes uh we do uh what I call a duck line because the kids love they love ducks so I have them like line up behind me and I make them all quack and they have to count as they're quacking that way I get like you know to make sure that everybody's there I haven't forgotten anyone yet so, you know, that's that's a good thing. <laughs> oh,
2: my gosh. So what does the stepdaughter and your bio daughter, the seven, what do they think about the quacking?
0: They think that it's hilarious. And the only problem that I've run into is that because the girls are the same age. They try to get louder than each other, (laughs) which is fine when we're not in a store. But I have been in Walmart and my girls have been screaming, quack, quack. (laughs) And we're like in the fruit and vegetable section. (laughs) And I'm like, guys, we got to keep it down. We go outside. Y'all can be wild. And I mean, you know, I definitely get some looks, but I just try to encourage them. They're young. Let them be silly.
2: That's hilarious. And I'm glad that they look at it as having fun.
0: Yes. (laughs) Not
2: this crazy woman's
0: making us quack. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I definitely quack with them. So, I mean, you know, we got to get into it all together.
2: (laughs) So it sounds like you have really good relationships with your stepkids.
0: Yes, now I do. It wasn't always that way.
2: So what changed?
0: Well, there was obviously, you know, the very expensive drawn out court battle. Mm -hmm. And during the the cause of that or the while that was ongoing, um, my stepdaughter brought some things to my attention and to her dad's attention. I mean, we put her in therapy. And as you know, she was explaining to us her thoughts, her feelings. Um, We worked really, really hard to like create that safe space for her Mm -hmm. so that to let her know that no matter what she's being told, no matter what she hears, uh, her dad and I are here for her and we love her. And if she wants to talk, we're going to listen. And if she wants space, we're going to support that. And we just, we had to work really, really hard as a family unit to get us to where we are now. And there are days where it's, it's definitely a struggle mm-hmm. and, you know, <laughs> we call it, we we're putting ourselves in timeout. Um, so if one of us is having a day where we're just not feeling it, I'll tell the kids, I'm going to go put myself in timeout for a few minutes. Y'all don't bug me until the timer goes off and I will come sit in my room and I will chill. Um, And the girls have also picked up on that. So we also really push, we use our words for kindness. Um, We use our hands for helping. Um, and we just, we really push being a team because even if the kids aren't physically with us, um, we are still a family, you know? And they, I really think it's important that they know and all the kids involved know that even if we're not physically together, like we still have each other's backs and we're still a family unit.
2: Right. And I like that you put yourself in timeout.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I want the kids to have good communication skills, if I want them to be able to, to name the emotions that they're feeling, then I have to model that. And it's, it's really important for me, at least, that they see that example, because I don't want them to have to kind of get on the struggle bus. Mm-hmm and figure it out by the seat of their pants like I did. I want them to have better than what I had, and I want them to be better people than what I was obviously, you know, when I first started dealing with all of the childhood trauma and stuff that comes from being in a high-conflict blended family situation.
2: So I take it that their bio mom is a little high-conflict. Yes. Has that gotten better over time, or has it just gotten to where your stepdaughter is able to cope with it better?
0: It's gotten to where our stepdaughter is able to cope with it better. Okay. Um, There's an incident yesterday. Well, we picked her up on Friday because we do week on, week off, and she was she was being weird. And I asked her, I was like, "Are you, are you good? Do you need to talk? Like, what's going on?" And she was like, "I need to talk to Daddy." And I was like, "All right, cool." So she told her dad some things that her mom had made her promise not to tell me or her dad or her nana, and She was just breaking down into tears and she just said, I don't, I don't like keeping secrets. I shouldn't keep secrets. I told her, I was like, baby, your job is not to keep secrets. Your job is not to choose which parent you want to live with or any of that. your job is to go to school, get good grades, be nice to your friends, work hard and play. That's all you have to worry about. Everything else is for the adult.
2: It drives me nuts. When parents do that, it puts kids in a horrible situation. Not only that, but it's teaching them to
4: lie.
0: Yeah. And I I was the child in that situation. So for me to see her having to go through that, it really, oh, it frustrates me to no end. Um, Because I think that even if you don't like your ex, you you need to get over it. Um, and you you need to work together for the sake of your children. And in some situations, you simply can't. You can't do that. And it, it It just blows my mind that there are parents that are so selfish that they would put their child through that and make them feel this upset because they don't want the other parent to know. Like, I just, uh, I think that there's a different way that you can approach that with your child instead of just saying you have to keep it a secret. When my husband and I get ready to do things or go on trips, we simply don't mention it. I mean, granted, our my bonus kids are only here half the time. So we do have that luxury. Mm-hmm. But I just think that asking the child to keep a secret, I don't know. I, I think I definitely agree. I think that there's a balance. I just don't know where the balance is. Yeah, because
2: if you're asking them to keep a secret, I automatically kick in to that's mental abuse. Yeah, Because that's like a child predator doing something to your kid and them telling them to keep it a secret. There's no good in keeping secrets.
0: No. Um, But I I also think that there are a lot of high conflict parents. um, And I think that it makes the the other parent, the ones who are willing um, or trying to co-parent, I think that it makes their jobs a lot harder Mm -hmm. because you're essentially having to do the work of, you know, two people because one of them is just like so hell bent on destroying the other parent. And then that puts the child in a loyalty bind.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But I mean, a, a child in a loyalty bind does not thrive. Right. So I, I think that there needs to be more education um, available for parents who are, you know, separating, going through a divorce, whatever the case may be. And I, I think that Family therapy, like communication therapy, also could be really beneficial. Yeah,
2: I agree. My son's father and I do not communicate at all. We do not communicate well. We didn't when we were together. We basically parallel parent. And thankfully, yep. my son's old enough now to where he can handle the conversations of asking his dad if he can come, you know, a little bit later or a little bit earlier one day rather than me trying to get involved. But I know from the very beginning, he's also been don't tell your mama don't tell your mama. And you're right. It causes conflict in that child's head.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. my Right now, my husband parallels parents with his ex and my stepkids are, are seven and four and the four-year-old is neurodivergent. And that makes it very challenging. For him, his schedules and um, things need to remain the same. We have to be consistent. And he receives uh, services in the home and it's and so it's really hard to make sure that both households are on the same page when one person is attempting to communicate and all they get in response is like hostility.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And it just blows my mind.
2: Yeah, because it's not about him or her. It's about the kid.
0: Yeah. And and the child is the only one who's going to pay the price. But I mean, if if both parents aren't willing to... You know, work together. I mean, because all it takes is one parent who's decided that they're going to be bitter and hateful and angry, and then there's no way that you can co-parent.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: And and so, I mean, my husband does occasionally do the the family counseling with his ex, I and mean, it normally ends up with her screaming and yelling for fifteen minutes at the therapist, just sitting there like, "What is happening?" Mm-hmm. And and it's just it's wild.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah. It's sad. So how does your stepdaughter and your bio daughter get along considering they're the same age?
0: Oh, okay. So I've decided that sisters are like weird because one minute, let me tell you, one minute these <laughs> girls are going to be like, oh, yeah, no, um, let me wear that dress from your closet. And then, you know, they're swapping clothes, whatever. And then the next minute, they've decided that they are arch enemies. Like these girls, they are inseparable, constantly. But then they have their little spats and it makes me laugh because they are two peas in a pod all the time. (laughs) But you've got
2: sisters, right?
0: Oh, oh, yeah. I have a 22-year-old sister and I have an eight-year-old sister. Girl. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. This just gets more and more
2: interesting. (laughs) You have an eight-year-old sister. Yeah. Full-blooded sister? uh, We share a mom. Okay. Good Lord, your mama's still having babies?
0: Yeah, I think she's done now.
2: Holy moly. (laughs) <laughs> well, you're young, so it's not like you're forty five yourself and your mom's sixty five oh, having babies but
0: no 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 I'm only twenty nine
2: so you have a child that is a year younger than your sibling yes, wow, so it would probably be more like how does your sister get along with your kid
0: yeah um the the expectations are very different at my house versus my mother's house or versus my my bonus kids is mother's house. Um, so here we are, we are really big on personal responsibility, um, respecting your space, respecting everybody around you. And not all households have that level of expectation. So when they come here and they make a mess and they, they don't get in trouble and they make a mess, but they do need to clean it up. Mm-hmm. Not all households have that expectation. So it can be kind of shocking for a child, especially um, when the consequences are the natural consequences or they lose a privilege or, you know, they get another chore added that c- can be shocking. So some, my little sister does not really enjoy coming
2: Of course not
0: to my house because the expectations are clear. My husband and I have worked very hard to establish those, those boundaries and those routines and those expectations. So they have to stay the same for no matter who's in the house.
2: Yeah, because before you threw me off with having your that you have a sister that's eight, (laughs) I was going to say, well, your relationship with your sister is probably similar because my sister and I, my oldest sister and I would fight like cats and dogs. Mm
4: -hmm. But
2: like you said, it was one of those things, too, where nobody else could talk crap about her. Yeah. It's like, no, that's my sister. How dare you?
0: (laughs) Yes, my 21 year old little sister and I are very close. We talk all the time. She's actually going to be the first one in my family to graduate from college with a bachelor's degree.
2: Awesome! Congratulations.
0: Yeah, I'm super proud of her. So when she comes down from college, she'll raid my closet, and then she'll, of course, you know, I'll raid her closet because she has sometimes, sometimes not always, but she has cute clothes, and you know, they just magically find their way into my closet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah until she gets mad at you and then she's like you stole my shirt <laughs>
0: oh my gosh yeah there is this we there's a blue dress i live in germany for about four years and there's this blue dress that i picked up while i was over there and uh it's funny because when she comes down she'll try to like steal it and then when i go up to see her i'll try to like steal it back and <laughs> sometimes we'll we'll catch the other person wearing it on facetime They're like isn't that my dress and it's, it's just like oh <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole <hard> joke
2: <laughs> i love it
0: so with your
2: stepkids and your bio kids how do they do with transitioning back and forth Well, your bio daughter, it just really, she doesn't have any consistency because of her dad's schedule. But what about the stepkids? How do they do transitioning? Do you notice that when they come back, there's a day or two that takes them to kind of get back in the swing of things?
0: So my my bonus son um, is neurodivergent. So there are some extra challenges that come with him transitioning. And because of the things that are being said, said, I mean, because of the things that the stepkids experience the weekend, we get them on Friday. So either on Saturday or Sunday night, one or both of them will wake up in the middle of the night and puke all over their bed.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: And they are, they are stressed. They are, you know, they're trying to, to calm down and relax. Right. So that happens. And we normally have one day, maybe not even a full day, but we do have a, a day where there's a bunch of challenging behaviors. So we reestablish the boundaries, we go over the house rules, and then generally it's fine. But there, there is definitely a struggle when it comes to transitions. But when the schedule was changed to what it is now, that, that cut down on the challenges a lot.
2: Yeah. That's horrible though.
0: Um, and with COVID, we did have them in therapy. But then with COVID, everything shut down. No. So, As soon as we can get the therapist office to open back up in person, we're going to put them back in therapy just to make sure that they have those extra tools, um, you know, to help cope with or to help explain or give names to what they're feeling and what they're experiencing.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that you put them in therapy for those purposes.
0: Yeah, I mean, if as an adult, like therapy has been the single most helpful thing that I've ever done for myself. Um, and so I definitely, I I ask the kids, are you guys feeling, do I need to call somebody? Because I think that once they have those tools, they have them for forever and it's going to benefit them now and then through the rest of their school career and then as an adult as well.
2: Right. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. You said that you have rules in your house. Mm-hmm. Everybody has responsibilities. Did you come in being strict and parenting your stepkids or was your husband already that way and you just kind of enforced it?
0: So when I came in, there were, there was very few rules and there was very few expectations. I practiced gentle parenting and that that was not something that was being practiced. So when I came in, I definitely, I did not immediately try to quote unquote parent. My bonus kids, because that's not my role. But I I did sit down with my husband. And I explained to him, look, you know, I've been a I was a single mom for a couple of years at this point. And I was like, this is how I expect a house to be ran. Um, These are the same rules that my uh, bio daughter and my bio son have in order for our household to run smoothly. I think that these rules need to be the same across the board. What do you think? And him and I had a discussion. It definitely got a little heated the first the first few times and we had to table the discussion and come back to it later. Um, but eventually, eventually we worked out a method that works well for us. So what I do is my husband works nights. So right now with schools being shut down, most of the, the parenting and those kind of responsibilities fall on me. So the kids know their expectations. I ask them, you know, I double check. Hey, did you shower? Did you do your homework? Blah, blah, blah. Um, They'll generally tell me yes. And then if I get any pushback, anything like that, I don't pursue it. Mm -hmm. I simply just say, okay, I'll let your dad know when he gets up. And then I go back about my day because I don't want, I don't feel like, I'm I'm not the kids' mom. I'm not trying to be their mom. Um, I'm more like the fun aunt who is also a trusted confidant who will advocate for them. Right. So I make sure that you know if there's things that need to be corrected, I obviously you know let my husband know. But I personally, I don't do the disciplining for my bonus kids.
2: So you not show that part.
0: Yes. Absolutely. There were some accusations that were made. I don't even use corporal punishment with my own children. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, I told my husband, I said, I'm not comfortable uh, doing any type of disciplining. I can definitely just let natural consequences happen, but I will not be disciplining, period, dot. Right. And at first he was mad. I mean, he was mad, (laughs) Um, but... (laughs) But I explained to him that I don't expect him to discipline my my bio kids, so he can't expect me to discipline his. And I told him that if these wild accusations continue, um, then I will take another step back because I have I love him and I love my bonus kids, but I have to protect my biological kids. Right. So you know, it it kind of is what it is. I mean, sometimes it gets weird because we're we're like three different families, you know, like all squished together. And sometimes you can see that, like in uh, like our dynamic of how we interact. And then sometimes we're all just you know one big family. But I think that when it comes to disciplining and stuff like that, I think that that is my husband's responsibility, not mine.
2: I'm so glad you said that about sometimes that your three different families.
0: And that's okay. Yeah.
2: People are so hell-bent on we've got to be one big happy family all the time.
0: No. No. I don't even like my family all the time. Like, (laughs) no.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Now, you mentioned gentle parenting. Explain to our listeners what gentle parenting is.
0: So, my understanding of gentle parenting is that um, we don't do spanking. We don't do like tapping on the hand. um, If a child messes up instead, um, let's say my, we'll use my son, Uh, he's a year and a half old. Um, Let's say that he is getting himself a cup of water because he does this, I also encourage independence. Um, And he knocks the cup off the counter or whatever and Mm -hmm. it falls and it shatters. Um, A lot of parents will get mad at their child. Um, and instead, what I do is I say, it's all right, let's clean it up and we'll get you a new cup. And just like that, we just clean it up and we just get them a new one. Um, If the kids make a mess, okay, go ahead and wipe that up and then mop that area so it doesn't get sticky. Um, And we really, really encourage the kids to have communication with us. So on some of our house rules, we have flexibility. So bedtime at our house is 8 p.m. sharp, period, dot. However, on the weekends, the kids um, presented a very good case to my husband and I <laughs> that they should be able to stay up until 9.30. And, and we decided, you know what, the kids were right. And as long as they, you know, the next day on Saturday, they had good attitudes, we could continue doing this. Right. And I, I think it's giving the kids also a voice in the family unit and just instead of just kind of expecting them to follow the rules because they're little like adults, they're little humans. I mean, I think that it's unfair that us as adults a lot of times we expect the kids to act perfect and to you know not get frustrated or have an attitude all the time because I mean I get an attitude mm-hmm. like it happened. Um, so I think it's just really important to encourage that kind of communication.
2: It's so funny we expect the kids to behave, not have uncontrollable emotions, and all this stuff when we can't even do that sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So like timeout. That's where time out comes in handy. Mom's putting herself in timeout. Um yes. you know. And thankfully the kids are modeling that behavior. But it is not the norm. So
4: <laughs> Yes.
2: I'm gonna start telling my husband I'm going to time out.
0: Exactly. And tell him bring you some wine or whatever. Like
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a drinker though, so I'd probably be passed out and half a glass. <laughs>
0: All right, no wine in timeout then. <laughs> yeah,
2: No wine for you, Lori. <laughs> so what would you say is your biggest struggle? I want to say in your blend when you were growing up, because I know the answer, but I just want you to kind of clarify it. And then the same, what's the biggest struggle in your blend now with your stepkids and bio kids?
0: So my biggest struggle when I was a child was not understanding why my dad was being denied. Mm-hmm. And, and not understanding why I was being told, oh, he doesn't love me. Um, he started a new family. When on the same hand, he would send me Christmas presents, but then the Christmas presents would disappear. Oh, gosh. And that was my, my biggest struggle, trying to justify why the actions didn't match the work, you know? Mm-hmm. And- When, when I came into the picture, I had already worked out my co-parenting relationship. Um, and my, my husband explained to me that this is going to be challenging. And I naively thought, no, why? Like it's so much easier when everybody gets along. Like we want to go on a trip. Okay. Like, let's just see if, you know, the other party wants the kids or, or what? Like maybe we'll get some extra alone time, you know?
4: Mm -hmm.
0: And Seeing that my situation was not unique when I was a child and watching my stepkids being told things that children should not, should not hear, should not even know. And just like watching their childhood, like die in their eyes. I know that sounds so dramatic, but like just watching them, just like, have all of these feelings and then, you know, being put in the middle when there's no reason for it. Right. Um. To me, that's the worst because I know what that feels like for them. And I know I'm just the stepmom, <laughs> but <laughs> I I don't want them to feel like that. Like they're loved and they are cherished. And so it just breaks my heart when I see them, you know, going through the same thing that I went through. Right. It's hard.
2: Yeah. But the good thing is you have been there. So you know how to help them.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. and. I'm honestly going to brag about my ex-husband for a second, which I know is probably weird, but his family has accepted... My bonus kids to the point that um, his mom sends the kids Advent calendars, Christmas gifts. Um, she offers to take them in the summer when she takes uh, my, my bio daughter. Like, and so I think that the kids seeing that there is another way and that it's not just us parents, but also the grandparents that are getting in on just loving and celebrating all the kids, mm-hmm. regardless of their relation. Um, I think that that does also really help them.
2: Right. That's awesome. And how does your husband feel about your exes?
0: How does he personally feel? Or
2: yeah, I mean, <laughs> does he appreciate that you do co-parent with him so well considering that he struggles so much with his ex?
0: Um, I think I think that in the beginning he was shocked. Um when I told him, "Hey, My daughter's dad um, has leave this day. He's going to come down and stay with us because he can't afford a hotel room.
2: And he's thinking, excuse me, what did you say?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's what he, he looked at me and he said, uh, no. And I was like, yes, this is what we're doing because this is what's best for my, my daughter. So, um, you're either going to get with it or we're going to have a problem. And he, he got with it. And now when my ex comes down and my daughter's dad comes down, they normally like go out and barbecue together and like bro it up. Um. And then, and then my son's dad—he came to get my my son last night, and my husband called him, and he's like, "Man, we got some fried chicken, got some fried chicken." And he, my son's dad goes, "No," and then he like showed up to get him in. He comes in the house and he goes, I thought you said it fried. It smells like curry. And I was like, bro, it's fried chicken. It's not curry chicken tonight. So, I mean, he he now gets along. Um, But he was definitely shocked in the beginning that we could all just get along. And, you know, it's about the kids. It's not about us.
2: Oh, yeah. But I'm going to tell you right now, if David told me, oh, yeah, the ex is going to come stay with us to see the kids. She can't afford a hotel room. I'm like, oh, yes, yeah, she can. We just scheduled one for her. <laughs> <laughs> how long does she need, <laughs> how long she need to stay? The Motel 6 is ready for the X. <laughs> uh,
0: and I mean, you know, how, however your family does it, if it works for y'all, it works for y'all. Right. So, I mean, I think that it's honestly a large guessing game and everybody's just trying to do their best.
2: Yes. But I'm so glad that y'all have that relationship.
0: Yeah. we uh, We fought hard for that.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: there there were times where me and my daughter's dad we would fight and we would uh it was definitely ugly before it got better and then one day my daughter was crying and she was just like mom i just want to go with everybody i just want to go shopping for my birthday and when she said that I kind of looked at her and I was like, you know what, baby, you're right. And I called her dad and I was like, I don't like you right now. And I know that you don't like me right now. And he goes, no, I don't like you. And I was like, cool, we're on the same page. But for for our daughter, we need to figure it out.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: And he goes... (laughs) Can we just be mad? And I was like, No, (laughs) that benefits no one, man. Right. And so, I mean, we we slowly established that we were a team, but it did not happen overnight. Like, that was a struggle. Um, Mm -hmm. But now, now we get along. That's good. Yeah.
2: You had to go through those growing pains.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. My ex's girlfriend. She is amazing um and she came down for the first time to meet my my daughter my daughter goes I have a stepmom now and she <laughs> she she ran up to her and she goes oh, I'm gonna call you stepmom a and you know my, my ex's girlfriend she like turned pale and she was like oh my god I was like bro it's cool with me if it's cool with you like you know um and so just welcoming other people in too I think is important because you could never have too many people to love a child because raising kids is hard. Right. And the more people like the child has in their corner, the better.
2: Yeah. Let me ask you this. Does your husband's ex, is she in another relationship? Uh, Yes. Okay. I was just curious because I know a lot of the times the high conflict by a mom quits being as so high conflict when she ends up in another relationship.
0: Um, She got married. Okay. And she seems pretty content with that. However, when her spouse isn't around or when she's fighting with her spouse, my husband gets the brunt of that. And I tell him "Do not engage unless it's about the children, period, dot. If she has something to say, it needs to be about the kids. Only respond to the part that is about the kids because we're not, we don't have time for that.
2: Right. Don't let people steal your joy.
0: Exactly. Right. Like just because somebody else is miserable doesn't mean you need to go down to like a miserable valley with them. Continue being happy. Sprinkle joy like confetti. Like there's not enough of it. So just spread it whenever
4: you can.
2: Well, I do want to ask you one more thing before we wrap up. You were talking about if a child knocks a glass off the counter and it breaks. You know, just saying, oh, it's okay, it was an accident. How do you not get mad? Because I know a lot of people do blow up. Oh my gosh, you broke my glass or you made a mess and I don't have time to deal with it right now. It's like people are so stressed that that slightest little thing just pushes them over the edge. And pre-nacho, I know I was a lot more apt to get upset over spilled milk, for lack of a better word. But I've learned to look at it for what it is. It's something that wasn't intentional. It can be cleaned up in five minutes and forget it, move on with your life, or you can be mad about it for three days. That choice is yours. Yeah. So how do you do that? How do you look at it when, because I know you have to get stressed at times. Oh. So say you're in a bad mood and little Susie just spills a can of ravioli all over your brand new white tablecloth. (laughs) After you put yourself in timeout, what do you do? I
0: was like, uh, I look at the mess and I immediately go to timeout for a few minutes. Um, (laughs) So I then I'll come back in the the kitchen or the dining room and I'll be like, okay, so what happened? Were you trying to make yourself some food? Were you trying to get something for your siblings? What? what was going on. And then, you know, me and the, the child will have a discussion and then I'll be like, okay, well, we need to clean it up. So we're going to have to put the tape cloth in the washing machine. If it's white, then we're going to have to add a little bit of bleach. And what can we do to make it easier so that you can get the raviolis next time? Right. And, and that's, that's it. because. I don't get mad at myself when I make a mess, right? I just wipe it up. It's fine. It's whatever.
2: Sometimes I get mad at myself when I make a mess. I'm like,
0: <laughs> Dang it! I am—I'm already though a freakishly clumsy person. Like I cannot stress that enough. I run into the automatic walls at, or the automatic doors at Walmart. Okay, uh, that's I- how clumsy I am. So for me, messes are like—it's just a part of my life. And so I just try to hold the kids like to the same standard that I hold myself. Like, oh, it's a coffee cup. It's all right. We'll go to the Habitat for Humanity Restore or Goodwill. And we'll go see if we can find an even cooler, more unique one. There you go. And it's, you know, I just try to give them grace. I mean, I do get frustrated, but I, I put myself in time out, I take a deep breath, you know, and I definitely think going to therapy for <laughs> all that time helped me learn how to keep my timber in check.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I'll tell people. You almost have to think to extremes. So for instance, if you're mad that little Johnny took a marker and wrote on the back of your couch, step back, put yourself in timeout for a minute.
4: Yes.
2: <laughs> and remind yourself that the good thing is it's on the back of the couch, not the front. The second thing is be thankful little Johnny is healthy enough to go mark on the couch because a lot of kids are in wheelchairs are so sick, they can't even get out of bed. And when you put things into that perspective, it doesn't seem to impact you as hard. Yeah. I know that sounds extreme.
0: I I don't think so. And I I think that also how much worth you place on your material possessions also falls into that, right? So I thrifted, I thrift everything, by the way. Um, So I thrifted some beautiful, beautiful leather chairs. And my daughter decided She was going to write all over them with silver Sharpie. And she wrote her name and she was so proud, right? And I like, I walked into the playroom. I saw what she was doing. And I just, I said, what is going on? And she she dropped the marker and I looked at her and I said, baby, I can't with you. I'm going to be back in a minute. And I, (laughs) I left the room. And then I came back and she was, you know, sitting quietly. I was like, what were you doing? You have paper. What? Why? And she goes, mommy, I just wanted to make it pretty for you. And I was like, okay, okay, that's fine. And to this day, I left that spot on the chair because it may not be my idea of what is nice and what is, you know, pretty But she took the time to try to make something nice.
2: That's so sweet.
0: Yeah, I almost blew a gasket. I'm not going to lie. But (laughs) I do think that the child's intention matters because there are some kids who just want to destroy things. Oh, yeah. And, you know, luckily, I am blessed. None of my children are like that. And to all the moms who have children like that, um, y'all are the real MVPs. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I can see it now. Five years from now, your daughter looks at the chair and be like, who wrote on the chair?
0: (laughs) I'm going to be like, you did. Now you get to use it in your first apartment. Surprise.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But we had gotten hardwood floors put down and they were really nice. And new things stress me out because I don't want them to get damaged. So, my son went to go show somebody some of the smell good stuff we had for the dog, and he went to open it to let them smell it instead of spraying it on them. (laughs) (laughs) And it spilled on the floor. Sure enough, it fell right in between the two little cracks to where it made the wood swell up in one little spot.
4: Mm.
2: For probably a month, it drove me crazy. But now, when I look at it, I choose to remember that we had friends over at that time, and Jackson was trying to show them something nice rather than. Oh my gosh, look at the imperfection on the floor. It's driving me crazy. If you change how you look at things, your life will be so much better.
0: Exactly.
2: And the same thing, we had a light. My nephew was here and one of David's kids was here and they wanted to wrestle. Well, of course, have at it. Have a blast. Well, my stepson picked up my nephew and like had his feet up in the air and they knocked the ceiling fan light and it shattered. Well, it chipped the floor. Well, again... I was like, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, it was an accident. Yeah. But now I look at it and I remember them fighting and how much fun it was watching them. Yeah. Yep. You can't have memories and have a perfect, better homes and gardens house.
0: Oh, no, no. And I'd much rather have a, a very imperfect house and have like, you know, be able to look at the walls and, you know, say, oh, my God, like, this is where, you know, my my daughter's first picture was at. And you can see where she tried to expand on it or, you mm-hmm. know, like, yeah.
2: And with us, it's more like, oh, look, that's where Branson rammed Ethan's head into the wall. <laughs>
0: How sweet.
2: When he comes back over, let's measure
0: your head. Does it still fit? (laughs) Put a frame around it and label it, you know.
2: (laughs) That is a perfect idea. That's what I'm going to do. That's exactly what I'm going to do. But life is so short to be miserable. And nobody wants to be miserable all the time. If you're miserable, your kids are going to be on edge. Your husband's going to be on edge. And you're just going to be uptight all the time.
0: Yeah, definitely, yeah. The best thing you can do is laugh. Yeah. laugh about it. And if
2: you won't knife stuff, wait till your kids move out. But then when your grandkids come, you're going to have to put it back
0: up. Exactly.
2: So just remember that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thrift everything. That way, if something gets ruined, it's not a big deal.
2: Yes, you would not believe I have a couch that I love that I've had forever. The reason I've had it forever is because I've taken very good care of my couch. Yeah. And I remember when I first got it and people would come sit, come over to the house and they would sit there and they would have a drink. I'm like, you cannot drink on my couch. They're like, are you serious? I'm like, I'm dead serious. If you want to drink, you get up and go sit on a, in a different chair or you go to the kitchen. And I remember a friend of mine got mad at me. She said, you and your Martha Stewart flipping couch. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That couch still looks good. It's probably 20 years old.
0: That's awesome. I'm glad that your couch has survived for 20 years.
2: (laughs) You know what? Now that I think about it, it's probably closer to 24 years.
0: Oh, geez. Wow.
2: Yeah. Very impressive.
0: Yeah, that is very impressive.
2: Yes, I love my couch. It was like my baby until I had Jackson.
0: Aww.
2: And then he peed on it. and And I didn't get mad at him good yeah because that was my baby (laughs) I loved him more than I love the couch (laughs) yep things can be replaced but little babies can't exactly Kayla it has been great having you as a guest on our podcast and I really appreciate you taking the time and telling us about your blend and your family and what you've learned being in a blend as a child and as an adult.
0: Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. And that Facebook group is amazing. And thank you for for putting that out there because when I was looking for resources, that's the first thing that I found.
2: Oh, well, I'm glad you found it. I know the Facebook group can be off the chain sometimes. I know that.
0: Yeah, it gets wild, but I mean, it is good. (laughs) Well, you just have to
2: remember that a lot of these people are coming there and they're at their wits end.
0: They're ready to go
2: run their car off a bridge because of their blend.
0: Yep. And for them to have that space where people who have decided to not and and disengage from certain things can be like, it's okay because mm-hmm. you can you can take that step back and you're not any less of a person or any less of a stepmom because you need to protect your sanity first. Right. And to to know that that's there is amazing.
2: Well, I'm so glad you found it. Yes. <laughs> and I'm glad your husband doesn't freak out anymore about it.
0: No, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It just scared him for a little while because he's thinking, what? You're not going to help me ever. I'm going to have to raise these kids by myself.
0: That's exactly what he thought. Mm -hmm. Yep.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they think we're going to abandon them. The kids spill something on the floor, be like, oh, not my kid.
0: (laughs) Not my kid, not my problem. (laughs) Uh
2: The toilet's (laughs) overflowing. Oh, nacho. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? We should all get a maid, kind of like Alice in the Brady Bunch, but name it nacho.
0: You know what? I think that that's an amazing idea. We could call it the nacho made service. There you go. I love it.
2: (laughs) Somebody's going to have to start a nacho made service because I'm not cleaning anybody else's house.
0: No, no, I don't got the time for that. But uh, that is a great idea.
2: (laughs) Yeah, wouldn't it be great? You know, the kids comes to you and they said, I'm hungry. You'd be like, nacho. (laughs) 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 Sounds good to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too.
2: Well, thank you again, and you have a great day, and keep in touch.
0: Yes, ma'am. I hope you have a good day, too. You, too. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. So, as Kayla and I were talking, we were talking about that everybody needs a maid. (laughs) Yeah. And that we need to start nacho maid service.
3: Nacho maid service.
2: (laughs) And that way, you can have a maid at the house, or like an Alice, just say, and the kid says, I'm hungry, you say, nacho, and nacho whoops up some food.
3: You look hungry. I'm nacho made. No. No, I guess you'd say I'm not nacho made. You have to get the nacho made. <laughs> go, <laughs> so, ask the nacho. <laughs> go ask the nacho. Go ask the nacho. Like a
2: genie. Yeah, I just don't know about that. Yeah. Well, Kayla also practices gentle parenting. I wish someone would have taught
3: my mom that. She was not a gentle parenter. I can imagine if I had to raise you as a kid, I would probably not be as well. What? Mm-hmm. What are you saying? So next question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Apparently, at the early age of three, my daddy would not stop at the store and let me get a prize. So when we got home, I kicked a rock at him. <laughs> And he looked at me and said, why did you do that? And I said, I wish that rock would have killed you.
3: (laughs) Good grief.
2: (laughs) And I love my daddy, y'all.
3: Three? Yeah. They should have
2: committed you. (laughs) Probably. Good grief. (laughs) And then I remember this too. It's funny. You know, the trucks, how they had the campers on the back that the, you open the glass up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, my dad had a truck and I was, I don't know, maybe nine, 10. And my little sister was five years younger. And we had those, I think they're called river rocks. They're smooth, but they're kind of big. Yeah. And I was sitting on the bumper of the truck and the glass part was down. Well, she threw it at my head <laughs> and I ducked and it skinned the top of my head and it shattered the glass in the back of the truck.
3: Ooh.
2: And so when she went to get in trouble, she said, it's not my fault. She moved. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we were some bad kids. And I used to always threaten to run away. And um, so my little sister would be like, no, don't leave me. I love you, Lolo.
3: <laughs> Poor thing. No wonder she's so messed up. Yeah. That's why she won't leave home. She's scared to be alone.
2: Maybe that's it. That's it. I did it. Yep. It had nothing to do with my mama saying she's never going to leave us. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. The gentle parenting, I don't know a lot about it, obviously. It sounds all fine and dandy, so check it out. (laughs) It might be good for you. Not for your stepkids, for your bio kids. Remember. It's gentle not parenting. Right. (laughs) If you nacho, you don't parent those stepkids. All right, David, you got anything else you want to tell
3: our wonderful listeners today? Uh, No, I don't think so. So join us next week when you will hear another outstanding episode. And as always, remember, life is good when you nacho.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.